Hello, East Glenville Community Church. This is Jessica Munn with episode 20 of So, I Have a Question. Uh, we're going to be talking about the teaching from March 6th of 2022. And uh, so this passage, the passage we studied was John, 5, John 15, uh, verses 12 through 17. And it's all about uh, love, pretty much. Um, just yes. summarize. So you start out your sermon talking about how our culture's definition of love and the fact that it's dumb that the English language only has one word for love, but that's another conversation. Um, but our, it seems that our culture has an emphasis on the romantic type of love. And I was curious as to if you had to, any thoughts as to why you think that is. Um, well, one reason is pop culture is, is definitely centered on young people. And, and so in your young adult years, I mean, you know, or, you know, teenagers years, like you're thinking about, I want to find that, that one person, you know, and at that point, you're less concerned about your parent parents loving you and other examples. So, I mean, I think part of it, it it's just, that is a human drive to, to find that romantic love and, and when it works, it's so exciting and mm gets all our emotions and everything. Um, the question I want to kind of, so I have a question for you mm -hmm. is, is can you think of some, some movies or a movie where Rome, it's not romantic love, but not, you know, a, a non romantic love that, that takes center stage. Yep. So I had actually thought of this before you posed the question. So the, ah, the, one, you guessed it. <laughs> the one that comes to mind first is uh actually frozen with anna and elsa okay I, I had one of two in my head and what's interesting about frozen mm -hmm. for those you know who happen to know the storyline is it, it's a fake out yep right you it's actually it starts off you think it's it's about romantic love and it turns out the love that is the cure is sisters mm-hmm so that's a great example of how they almost play on that idea that love is always about ro romantic entanglements and they switch it. The other Disney slash maybe Pixar one, I, I get confused. Um, that's even greater on this is, is Finding Nemo. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, it's about a, a father fish who, who swims the entire ocean to, to rescue, to get back his son who was captured. And it's an awesome story of love, but that's from father towards son. So you got sisters, father, son. There are good stories. I was just thinking like Lilo and Stitch even too is like a familial love. Okay. That's one of the few Disney cartoon movies I never watched. So ah, okay. but, uh, my kids have, so I'm sure. Um, yeah. And I think Disney one is they're pursuing kids a bit younger than teens. So I think family is, is a theme. And so they actually have some of the best movies regarding um, that. Uh, so I, ones that aren't Disney don't come to mind as quick. I'm sure there are some, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, but I think the overall arching reason is, is and even you see it even more in music. Mm -hmm. 
it's just when it's talking about love and I think of all the eighties songs that I know, you know, it's always about romantic love. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, since we're kind of on the topic, you reminded me of, there is actually one song and I'm not going to remember. I think it's called you and me. Nope. I'll have to find it. Um, but it's, uh, it's a song that's based off of the story of Ruth and Naomi. And it's all about okay. the like love of two friends, pretty much a family, like going and like supporting each other. Uh, and it, I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, that's a really impactful song. But yeah. it, part of it is because it's not a song, a type of song we hear often. Yeah. And so there's a consequence to that, that I think the church, not as, as you bring it up, because you like the Christian songs, we often do sing about love for God, love for mm -hmm. Christ, love for Jesus. And one reason the world thinks that's so weird is they're always thinking about love purely in the romantic sense. Right. And I've heard it, you know, oh, they're just singing love songs to Jesus, like discrediting worship. And it's because love in the world's thinking tends towards man and woman yep. and they have trouble getting past that. So if there was a different word, you know, one that was specifically more common for parent child, I think that would actually be helpful for us. Yeah. Yep. To clarify something. So I gave the three words, agape, phileo and eros. Right. And I, every pastor kind of does that something. I, and I've heard it, my seminary professor emphasized, like, especially agape and phileo, they are really synonyms in a way. Like, you, they, we were mm -hmm. cautioned not to make too much of it. Um, but I think in this passage, it does switch from agape to phileo when it switched to talking about friends, mm -hmm. friendship. And so I do see the distinction I made between those two very clearly. Yeah, no, that's good to know. Because then I was also curious because you kind of added a fourth term on the charis. Char, I don't know if I said. Yeah, that. I think I would say charis, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, and so you included that in the group, and that's typically translated as grace. And I was curious as to why you wanted to make sure that you included it. Um, blame C.S. Lewis. <laughs> he he, uh, I think he wrote a book called The Four Loves, and if I remember right. Charis is is one of the words he chooses. Okay. Um, but but it just it's even from that it's been in my head of it it describes God's self giving love almost better than the other words. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's and Charis is where we get charity. It's right. it's the the give the free gift of giving. So that's why it I sort of added it. And as a, I guess, a sort of fourth. Yep. It's worth yeah. keeping in mind when you go through the list. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then you, the approach you took is you kind of looked at seven angles of this idea of loving one another, as that's the phrase that Jesus repeatedly repeats in uh, this passage. And so the first one you said was, um, as I have loved you. And so I was curious, do you have a personal example or story of how you experienced God's love and then maybe even like 
who was able to give it to others in return? The example that comes to mind is, is how my young life leader, before I was a believer, he would come to my sporting events. I remember seeing him at my tennis matches and later my cross country meets. Mm-hmm. And um, especially like being surprised, like what is he doing here? Cause he wasn't, you know, you, your family members sometimes come to those sporting events, mm-hmm. but he made it a point to reach out to me in that way. and. Later, that became one of the practices I made of going to high school events when I was a young life leader, trying to meet kids where they're at and show an interest in their lives. Mm -hmm. So, and when I think of Jesus going to, like, where did he first encounter the disciples? It was on their turf by the seaside, by the, you know, not seaside, the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. As they were. So he went to where they were, life happened for them. And, um, and now he's saying, you know, as I had done that for you, now how will you do that for others? How will you go and, and extend that love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, do you have an equivalent example or anything that, that comes to mind for you? I do. Well, so one of my... One of my examples is, uh, so I have a really good friend of mine, her name is Janet, and she, one year, we used to, after we graduated college, we would reconvene up in my college town uh, in February and go ice skating on the Rideau Canal with some friends from up there. And um, one year, we, it, the weekend we chose to go do that fell on Valentine's Day, and I, as a single woman, completely ignored the holiday entirely um Mm. and my friend janet showed up with a gift for me and the gift was a uh she got a little uh, piece of wood that was engraved with the location of the solar system on the day that we met okay all right so it it was just it was like one of those things where it's like like i'm so glad that you're a part of my life type of thing Mm. And I just remember being like, I like, this is like the sweetest thing ever. And I do not have a gift like in return. Like I have nothing to give back. Mm. And I just remember like that night as I was like, still like kind of processing it. Like God was just like, I love you that much. Um, And so Mm. like, for me, like trying to figure out how to remind people like I love like I love you this much and therefore like God loves you this much as well um Mm. is something that I've I've definitely tried to do because yeah sometimes it's sometimes it's easier to see and experience God's love through other humans and so trying to be that conduit yeah Jessica you realize that's a total nerd gift don't you (laughs) I love it like that's (laughs) (laughs) don't call anyone I'm not secretly a nerd. Okay. Stellar (laughs) systems and yeah, cool. But okay, so that was the first angle. Um, So the second and third one, the the second one was love one another. And then the third one was extending love. I rephrased it past the the huddle of. uh, Okay. Because I rephrased it in my notes and that's what happened. Okay. Um, Well, and the phrasing was the circle of family and friends. Yes. Okay. 
Um, So my question is kind of like, is there a distinction of loving um, the people of God, which you kind of implied was part of the the second angle? Um, And also, but then how also do we, what, what does the love look like outside, loving those outside of the church? Yeah, and, and so we see in John when he's saying love one another, I'm taking that as because he's talking to just the 12 at that point, mm-hmm. he is focusing around the love within this community of disciples and the, you know, the, and, and how, you know, and there are other places in the Bible that we, we, we see that, um, you know, I, I, there's a phrase that if I remember right, it's that there's the burden to love, especially those within the family of God. Mm. I can't remember the exact l- reference, but that the, the, the love and care we show within the body is, it, it's almost like a, it's a duty that we owe. Um, uh, James talks about the royal law found in scripture because Jesus gave this to, to mm-hmm. love um, those within the body that, that are clear. But then there's other places, and I, I note the difference, like John might be focusing on this in, in his gospel, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you definitely see the admonition to love others and love those who don't love you back. Mm-hmm. And um, so we see it in different places, and how, how you live it out is differently, is different. And... I mean, the one example I, I, when it, in connection to loving those outside is, is going the second mile, mm. like doing things that, that are beyond what's expected. You know, if someone, uh, you know, if you're for, forced to carry the, the, the pack of a Roman soldier for one mile, go the second mile, take it further. Mm-hmm. And that kind of love shows what God is, God's heart, God is like. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then the, the next two angles you talked about were the first one was uh, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. And then the other one was no longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. Um, and so you were talking about how like the significance of it, us being able to call Jesus a friend as well. And I'm, kind of occurred to me that this is happening, this whole conversation is happening right before Jesus's arrest. And yeah. so like, do you think the betrayal like hurt that much, hurt Jesus that much more since he like, he counted these people as his friends and not just like his followers or his like servants type of thing? Hmm. Well, I, I don't know about the inner emotion of hurt Okay, that's fair. But I mean, when I just kind of see how Jesus responded, like he kept telling them, you're going to do this. Like it wasn't a surprise. He almost seems more hurt by Judas. Mm. Um, and there's a little sense of actually when it sounds like it, Jesus gets frustrated is not the, the fleeing, you know, leaving him all alone. It, it's when he, they couldn't stay awake to pray with him if there's one thing he seems to be uh, maybe hurt or just frustrated it's like can't you guys stay awake for for one hour like i'm gonna die tomorrow 
and right. give my life for, you know, to for the salvation of everyone, it'd be great if you could stay awake with me. You know, mm -hmm. he, he didn't he didn't say it like that, but that's that's sort of what what comes across. But I think Jesus knows, yes, they're gonna in the flesh they're gonna they're gonna let me down here, but he knows they will come back. Mm. He knows they're they're not gonna give up. And that after the resurrection, they're going to hold strong. So I think Jesus kind of is not hurt in that sense. Um, I don't, but that's, that's a bit of speculation. That's fair. So, yeah. Um, and, and just, it, I guess, I don't know if this is a question, but just, doesn't opening yourself up to friendship kind of opens yourself up to being hurt mm -hmm. in that sense. Like if they're a stranger and they reject you, who cares? Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, the next, the next topic you said was that um, your point was, or your angle was for, I have for all that I have from, heard from my father, I have made known to you. And you're talking about like partnership. And like kind of the same thing, like just like as in friendship, it's a it's a mutual type of thing. Like that's the same yeah. issue for partnership. And so it almost felt like it it's also like it's another step of intimacy of the like not only are we just like friends, but I'm also like I'm also entrusting you with part of my life's mission and asking you to share the burden and carry it with me. Yeah. Yeah, and and when you look to the apostle Paul and his letters. I don't know if he uses the word friend to describe any of his relationships. No. Yeah. Um, not that I can think of, but what he talks a lot about is partners in the gospel mm -hmm. and that for him. And that, I think that was his friend friendship mode, yeah. right? If you, if you were his friend, he thought of you, you are a partner in, the, in this work with me. You're, you're on the same team. We're working together. And that was Paul, Paul so focused on the mission you know, he wasn't looking for buddies to go, you know, to go to the amphitheater and see a Greek drama. He was looking for partners in the gospel to, to go town to town and get stones thrown at them or something, you know. And uh, and so you, you do build friendships in that deep level. Have you ever had that experience where you were you've kind of had that partnership in the gospel and that helped build a, I guess, a more close friendship than you could would have otherwise? So kind of so. Okay. I have a story. It, it almost hits exactly. Uh, so my, I was involved in InterVarsity in college and as a uh, junior, senior, I started realizing that I think what I want to do for the rest of my life is not engineering, but actually be full-time with InterVarsity staff. Um, and so I had informed my, my staff worker, uh, Glenn at the time, who's actually one of EGC's missionaries. And yeah. Um, and so I had informed him of that. And so one of the things that we did my senior year when I was leading was like, he pretty much said, like, currently the way we're operating is that like, I'm, you know, Glenn was the, the head type of thing and I was under him. And so I kind of took my direction from him. And he was like, if you, if you want to do this full time on your own, like, I want you to be my partner. Like, let's be equals for the rest of the year. And okay. uh and it, it did change the dynamic and it, it built a deeper connection, not just like as us. I mean, I 
was already renting a room out of his house. We were already friends, but like it built a deeper connection of the, like, we have the same vision and mission. We're headed in the same direction. Yeah. Um, and so, and it, yeah, it was a cool, when I realized the switch happened, it was a really cool thing to mm. Yeah. I've ex experienced that in different ways at times and being in the kind of position of ministry, I have moved around a lot, but the friendships that stuck are ones that I felt like we were in the trenches together. Mm -hmm. And I see Jesus kind of talking about that here. Like everything I've learned from the father, I've made known to you guys as you, as you've been with me. And, you know, of course they had camp outs and, and everything like for two, two to three years, they were traveling around. Um, and, and he's like, yeah, you, you, I, I, I can't just call you servants anymore. Mm -hmm. The point I did want to make, and just to clarify, is that I think it's almost, I think it'd be trite to talk about, oh yeah, I'm a friend of God and maybe a bit untrue in, if, if you're talking about like, you know, well, like if you're receiving only, like if you, mm -hmm. if you're not really joining in the mission. And I, I think of that song, the worship song, I am a friend of God. He calls me my friend. And, and there's a, it's almost like a split side. Like if you're thinking of, is he been a friend to me? The answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. And the, what I see here is it's asking, you know, it, have I joined in such a way that I can be honest to say I've, I've started at least to become a friend. Back. Yeah. Yeah. That and, reminds me. So there's a book uh, by called wait with me. Um, by a man named Jason Gabriel, who's an university guy, and I really respect okay. him. Uh, so there's a, it, the book itself is kind of about like loneliness and mm. one of the most impactful, anybody I've talked to who's read the book, the most impactful chapter is the chapter where it talks about Jesus on the night he was portrayed and how like, if we, if we really want to be a friend of Jesus and like really know what it means to be lonely and know what it means to be um depressed and like you know experiencing grief then like we need to sit with jesus as he's in the garden of gethsemane and like mm. let him like you know let him cry on our shoulder type of thing and have that experience um okay and i, I yeah and i think that i think that it definitely has to be a mutual type of relationship in order to, mm. to be more of a friendship than just a, like, Oh, he's my Lord and teacher. Right. And, and again, I always like to say, see how the Bible says the same thing in different areas. Yep. What does Paul say? He says, I, I want to know him mm. and in the power of in the resurrection and the, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Yep. And I think like, that's when you start to know him in a way. And I can think of some of those really lonely times. I'm, I'm not sure it's exactly the same thing you're describing, mm -hmm. but the times when I felt like I had no one but Jesus in my life. And, and that's when I started to, to get a sense of what he, just the, even the smallest sense of what he, he did for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ma, we're, we're already getting deep and we haven't got to the really deep point yet. I know. Which I, I, so I do have a question. Like, yeah. did, did I make any sense at all? Or did I just sound like I was off? Did everyone just sort of tune me out for, for the seventh angle where I got into the God is love and the Trinity and, 
planets orbiting one another. I liked see, I liked your planets, but I also okay. have a solar system engraved on a piece of wood to document the day I met someone. Oh, there so. you go. <laughs> have you have you read Tim Keller's Reason of God? I have not. No. Okay, so that's where I got a lot of that from. Yeah. So just to see, like, what what point was I trying to to get across with that? Can you echo that back? Yeah. So, uh. The scriptures say that God is love and the idea of like the fact that the only way that God could as itself be love and not just be loving is if it God is able to love itself and in its different in three different persons within the Godhead. Yes, within the Godhead. And so, you know, the father honors the Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit and like, you know, it's a it's a mutual circle of love triangle or whatever um so yeah i think that was that was most of the point and then you went on to say how you know we god wants to invite us into that triangle circle of love um but we end up you know because of our sin nature end up becoming self-centered and then that doesn't that the two don't mesh being self-centered and being in a circle of love so Correct. Yeah, that that our tendency is to want others to orbit us, to right. to 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 focus on what we're interested in, to listen to us, to care about us. Every our life matters so much, mm-hmm. and God has to call us out of that. And so that maybe first of all we learn that He is worthy, mm-hmm. and even this is where I think worship comes in. What do we do in worship? We set aside us our interests, our, our, our hunger, you know, in lunchtime, like we, hopefully we set aside our phones for an hour and 15 minutes and we just, we sing praises to and about someone else. And we, we, we set our minds focus. So in that hour, we're, we're orbiting Mm -hmm. God instead of, of having everyone want to orbit us. And if that can be built into our heart so that we can learn to orbit God, then he says, now, Kate, now orbit this other person. What's their interests? Mm-hmm. You know, like we started, like my leader, like he didn't really just inherently love cross co- high school cross country meets. <laughs> he went because he was putting my interests. The thing that I cared about as a high schooler and sports was everything. Mm-hmm. And he entered into my world. And the sense he was willing to orbit me for a little bit and that ultimately led me to to placing my orbit around jesus so yeah i i got i got stoked up again so hopefully we've not lost everyone but um i guess it's that orbit picture and i keep i know i'm 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 doing hand signals we're doing zoom by the way we're not in person and i'm doing hand signals about planets orbiting one another and and i just you can't all see that so and I probably look foolish to, to Jessica, but that's okay. I'm, I'm willing to. I was too. You just can't see it because of where my <laughs> camera ends. <laughs> there you go. No, yeah. So I, I thought it made sense. And I thought, I think that emphasizing that point, I, it makes a lot of sense to me that of how the two don't mesh and how, yeah, as you said, meeting together, worshiping God, purposely removing ourselves from the center um, mm-hmm. and forcing ourselves to orbit around others. Uh, is a good exercise in practicing love. And inherently, it's what has to happen for us to be saved. 
Mm. Like we have to get beyond ourselves mm. because because heaven, eternal life is not about us. It's about having Christ at the center. And and what do we do for eternity? We're not self focused. We're we're others focused. If we choose ourselves, that means we're walking away from God's eternity. So, anyways, if, if I lost you, pick up Tim Keller's Reason for God. He's much better explained. <laughs> Not great. Okay. Uh, and then in closing, you kind of hit three points as to how the church kind of fits into this, all of what we've talked about, about love. Um, yes. And what Jesus has commanded us to do to love one another. Um, so the three of them. So the first one was the church is the academy. Um, and pretty much your idea was like, this is where the church is the environment in which we can learn and practice and grow. And I'm, I was just curious. So if the church is the academy, um, you know, they give homework. So I was curious as to if you had uh, some homework that you might want to give East Glenville Community Church, or if, uh, or maybe, you know, an example of a pop quiz question that we could use to gauge how well our uh, loving one another status is. Okay. Is there someone in within the church whom you've not forgiven? Pop quiz. Okay. Is there someone you think I've not forgiven them for what they did? That that's one of the areas where we put it into practice. Mm. So that's it. That's pop quiz over. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you the second question. So yeah. my second one was the church is also a showcase. Yes. And I, I seriously mean I kind of made the contention that people in the world care more about how what we do than what we teach. Like, would you say that's true? And can you give any thoughts on like an example of how you've seen that be true? Yeah. I mean, so it was. I think it was just a week or two ago when we were chatting and we talked about how. Sometimes the church as a whole body is a better witness than the individual mm. uh, because one individual, you know, if you love others well, right? Like if one individual goes the second mile for a Roman soldier, you could just be like, oh, well, that person just super nice. Um, yes. But if every Christian goes the second mile for all the Roman soldiers, everyone would be like, what is wrong with all of you? Um, and so, yeah, I think that like there are definitely times when I think the church as a community is better able to show just how much, um, just how much God loves a person and also how much he changes our lives. That love mm -hmm. does. Um, so yeah, I think that answered your question. Well, and I guess the other side is, is what are non-Christians actually paying attention to? Ah, I don't think they listen to us and care much about, you know, Oh, you're just giving some other sermon. But when they see us being a jerk to one another, they see they take note of that. Yes. that. That's more my point is it's more obvious when we fall short of loving one another that 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 sticks out. Right. Yeah. A non-Christian wouldn't care about arguments over doctrine, but they right. would care. But they would see how people fight over doctrine and yeah. they would be turned away. Yeah. Yes. I, I just think of my, some Facebook friends who makes little snide comments and they'll, sometimes they'll post something the church is arguing about and I say, well, that's what Christians do. 
And so now part of it, they're being snide a little bit themselves because we're allowed to have disagreements and that's not necessarily bad, but right. you know. But how you have the disagreement could be bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So then the last uh, point you made is that the church is the launch pad and how we, um, you know, take the love that we're practicing in the church and then pass it out to those around us. And um, so I was wondering if you had any good examples that you've seen of people doing this at East Glenville, um, or if there's like areas that you think our church should launch towards or head towards. Mm. I think I've seen lots of little ones. Um, I think we, we have been in my, the year and a half I've been here, I've seen more in-house and part of that's, you know, we're trying to get that because we're trying to get back together for, you know, and I think, but I do think East Glenville is, is somewhat noteworthy and like, we're, you know, we're, we're good at building that inner fellowship. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as how to, to, you know, what way should we be extending that outward i think that it depends a lot on the individuals mm. you know i think it happens partially individually i think there's ways we could try to do it in some ways together and that i don't have the answer for that that's sort of um something maybe we, we got to be prayerful about like what is mm-hmm. god leading us to do yeah that that could extend outward um outside beyond our individual efforts yeah. Um, and like, for example, we, we, we have this little fund that we call it the Rodenizer tithe fund. That was, it was a little small portion of a big bequest. We got a tithe of a bequest and we set it aside for that specific purpose mm-hmm. so that some of the life groups we have, some of the small groups we have within the church could access that money if they wanted to do an outreach project. And truthfully, I don't know if that money's been accessed very much recently and maybe that's something we really need to focus on um that just occurred to me as with your question so that uh, hasn't been something i've thought about much lately and maybe that that could be a focus of conversation yeah yeah you have any ideas you 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 young adult you i know that our small group is i believe we're trying to have it be a regular thing that we make food for the street the schenectady street shoulders um every so often like before our meeting time on Sundays. Um, But that's, yeah, I believe that's the thing that we've thought of that's in the works. I know that we had tried a couple times to think of something, but with COVID restrictions, it was hard. So maybe those are laxing a bit. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's where COVID is so weird. It, It, it inhibits a lot of that stuff. And actually I heard a similar suggestion of that, that that could be a, a good thing for others to, you know, if your small group is engaging in on it, maybe other, other things. We, we were talking about the same idea with um, my one class that I'm doing with, with parents mm-hmm. on how do we pass on this to our kids? And we're talking about how do we, you know, help those in need, the poor, and how do we pass that on to our kids? Mm. And we, you know, the best ways to do that with them. And, you know, there's not every, not all those things, you know, we, you know, our kids don't have money just to give it's, but they do have time. 
So yeah, that's maybe that's so East Glenville, we have a question. How can we um, extend out the love of Christ in practical ways as a church? And uh, so that's Jessica and Maya's question. We want to throw out to you all as well. Yep. Well, I don't have anything else. And I think that's a great spot to end. Um, I will preview. So it really switches gears. It goes from love one another to, oh, by the way, the world probably will hate you. <laughs> so let's see where Jesus goes with this next. I think this will be interesting this, this coming Sunday. It'll be good, I'm sure. Yep. All right. Well, as always, thank you, Pastor Mitch. Thanks.